Hey, what's going on, Future Is Now Podcast? I'm your host, Spencer Nakamura, and I am so glad you guys are joining in today. We got a heater for today. Hope your Tuesday is going well. We're going to be talking about women in ministry. It's kind of a hot topic, and I get a lot of questions on Instagram about it, so we're just going to dive in to what I believe based off of Scripture, based off of what I've studied, my personal stance on it. So uh, before we get into that, uh, you know, if you're wondering where I get all my information, I love commentaries. I love um, uh, Logos that I use as Bible software, but also there's something called Theos University. And if you are just getting into learning about the Bible and want to learn it well, because how many of you know you can learn it not well and you can learn it inaccurately and that will lead you to a lot of heartache and trouble. But if you want to have a great platform of video teachings that are informative and funny and engaging and have so many topics, you guys need to sign up for Theos University. Um, it's what I use and I, I honestly watch it every single day. It's incredible. They have so many topics. They have spiritual warfare, deconstruction, church history, uh, miracles, Holy Spirit. They have everything that you could think of. And they also do live, um, live Q and A's, live, uh, uh, they call them town halls every, um, every month. And so if you want to get involved with that, if you want to learn more about Theos University, you can sign up. Uh, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll put a link in the description for you guys, but make sure you guys check it out and you can use the code future one zero to get 10% off of your first month, support the podcast and learn more about scripture. So make sure you check that out. But without further ado, get your hearts and your minds ready for today's episode. All right, guys, we're going to jump into this. And I would just like to start off by saying there's going to be people that disagree with me on this because, I mean, obviously people disagree about everything. And so this is a hot topic that has been debated for a long time and will probably continue to be debated till the end of time. And it's just one of those that scripture, in my opinion, says something and somebody else's opinion might say something else. Now, there can be differences in opinion on specific issues where there is some room for interpretation. And that's what I want to be clear here is this is one that a lot of people disagree on. But guess what? At the end of the day, two people can still be saved, loving Jesus, loving God, going to heaven with differing views. And so we have to be careful that we don't argue about the foundational truths of salvation and grace and uh, repentance and those types of things, the deity of God, uh, the divine nature of God, right? But there are maybe sometimes some things that we can disagree on, and this is a hot topic. So I'm going to explain my personal view, okay? I'm going to explain why I believe it. I'm going to back it up with some scripture, with some commentary, uh, and if you disagree with me, then guess what? I'm not mad at you, but please don't be mad at me just because you disagree with me. I'm, I'm open for dialogue, but sometimes I say things and you guys be like, well, not you guys, because I know that everybody that listens to the podcast is nice and wise and uh, has self-control. But some people on Instagram, man, they'd be wild and out with what they say to me. I'm like, yo, relax. Like, it's not like we can have different opinions. OK, so let's just jump into this. Uh, this is kind of going to be a little bit more lengthy of one just because I want to be clear with what I believe and and clear on, you know, all of the basis of why I believe it. So. Women in ministry and preaching. I think we have to come at it from a couple different angles. Number one is kind of like talking about women and men's uh, separately, like how God created us, and then kind of go into what that means for the church. So 
there's there's differing views on women in general and women haven't always had the best history when it comes to you know rights and respect and dignity in this world and so um there there's all different types of views on women that can be broken up at least in this topic with with four main ones so the first view of women is going to be the traditional view of you, of women. So what does that mean? That means that the people that believe that, you know, women are here to uh, pump out children and have babies and clean the house and cook for the man and, uh, you know, they're, 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 they only wear pink and they only wear dresses and, um, you know, they, they have to fit into those roles as a woman. Like women shouldn't be working, wouldn't women shouldn't have a career, those types of roles. Which I mean if you're listening to this podcast probably like you understand um it is is you know traditional but it's mostly nonsense, right? I mean women can work, women can be successful, women can do other things besides bearing children. And so there there has to be a defining of what a woman is. And that traditional role is what it is. It's traditional. It limits the ability and the capacity of women. You know, it kind of confines, uh, cause you know, women should be feminine, but it confines that, um, feminine nature to almost like weakness and all, and those types of characteristics, which isn't true. Women can be feminine and strong and able and confident and amazing. So, um, that's the one view is the traditional. Okay. Then we get, uh, another view, which is kind of the other side of the spectrum, which is what we see as the progressive role of women. Um, and we see that a lot nowadays in 2023, we see it with women that are saying that they're better than men and men suck and women are the best and women can do everything that a man can do physically. We can do everything that a man can do and there's no, you know, limitations. And that also is equally nonsense. Okay. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, it's just this idea that, you know, and by when I say women could do everything a man could do, I said physically like, yeah, we we're we're the exact same as men. And, and actually we're not the exact same. We're better than men. Right? So that's the progressive role, which is equally as nonsense. Then we get into two roles, uh, two ideas of women held specifically by the church and uh, one of them is the egalitarian. I don't know if you ever heard of this. So the egalitarian uh, view of women is basically that women are completely equal with men in regards to value and the roles that they have. So when I say roles, I just mean functions within life and within church. So uh, that women are completely equal, uh, redemptively, and also in their roles. And that's the egalitarian role, which I do not hold. So I do not hold. I think women and men are, are completely different, obviously, and I think that there we'll, we'll explore what those roles would be differently. And then the fourth is the role uh, is the idea that I have with women. So it's called the complementarianism uh, view of women. So what that means is women and men are equal redemptively. The value that we have from God, the way that He created us, we have an equal value right? Our worth is the same. However, we can be the same and have differing functions and roles in life and in church. And that is my 
uh, view is a complementarianism. Now, I'm not quite on the side of complementarianism um, that I believe women cannot teach or preach in church, and I'll explain why going forward. So, I'm a complement. Traditionally, complementarians believe that women can't hold um, leadership or teach in the church, which I don't hold that belief, and I'll explain why. So, I'm kind of like a like a partial complementarianism, if you will. So, let's just talk about women and men in general before we get into scripture. Let's talk about women and men. Most of us had this class in elementary school. Unfortunately, they're probably teaching some crazy different things in elementary school. Um, It shouldn't be offensive to say that women and men are made differently. We are in the image of God, but we are wired and made differently. It goes from our biology and our anatomy to our personality, to our psychology, to the way that we view life to the, to our physiology, you know? So when I say that men on average are stronger physically than women, that is not, that should not be controversial because it is a scientific fact. Every physical world record in the world is held by men. Every average physically in in any physical metric is going to be higher in men than women. So God obviously created men with the idea of us being what? Being protectors, being workers, being those people that, you know, that's why um, you see 95, 99% of people in Uh, construction, in oil drilling, in jobs that are incredibly physically rigorous are mostly men because men and and women are wired differently. I know that some blue haired girl in Seattle is screaming her head off that I'm saying that, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's when you take a step back, I'm not even talking about the Bible. I'm talking about common sense and deductive reasoning and critical thinking. When you look at a man and a woman, they are different. Men are not as emotional generally as women. Women have the feminine nature. Men have the masculine nature, okay? So they are different. So we have to understand that uh, to start, God clearly made us different. Now, that doesn't mean that he made men as having more value than women because we see this in the the um, Godhead of the Trinity, okay? You have Father, you have Son, you have Holy Spirit. They are all equally God, but what's incredible is God the Father is the first of equals. Okay? So they're equal in their value, but God the Father is the first. There is a still an order within the Trinity and we're going to see how that plays out with marriages and with churches and how God has designed us. You know, we Jesus said in John 14:31, "I do what the Father commands me." Now, does that mean that God is more important than God? The father is more important than Jesus. No, it means that Jesus willingly created this order and said, no, although we're equals, I will do what the father does because he sent me and I am, I am submitting to what he is telling me to do. So they are equal, right? And they are equal in, in even their, uh, not the authority structure because Jesus almost gives up his authority on earth to what the father says. We see in the garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus looks at God and he's like, God, is there any way that I don't have to do this? And God's like, no. And Jesus says, okay, all right, I'll drink this cup then. So that's what I'm saying is, is that Jesus almost gives up his right to 
uh, his authority on what he wants to do based on what God the Father wants to do. Now, they are both divine. They are both equally God, but there's an order there. Okay, so we'll explore, explore that a little bit more. So let's just talk about a precedent of women in the Bible, right? So we'll look at leadership and roles. Um, an obvious one to many is in the book of Judges, we got Deborah. So Deborah is a female and she is uh, a judge. She's a prophetess, prophetess. Uh, she uh, hears God's voice and she shares it with people. Okay, so um, it's important to note that there is an obvious precedent of leadership with women that we obviously from Deborah, like Deborah led men. Okay, that's just, you know, it's a, it's just a matter of fact. And she's not the only woman to do that. You know, we have um, a couple instances. There's a woman, Miram, from Exodus. Uh, that was a prophet. We have Huldah from Second Kings, uh, Noadia from Nehemiah. These are all prophets in the Old Testament that held leadership that spoke on behalf of God to people, including men. Okay, then you get to the New Testament. And the New Testament, you know, it's it's... It's filled with women that hold leadership roles. And in my opinion, uh, roles that they are teaching men and, and preaching to men in certain, certain aspects. You know, you, you have Chloe, who was a New Testament house pastor in Corinth. You have a deacon, a female deacon that was in Rome. Um, in Acts 18, 26, you have Priscilla and Aquila. So Priscilla being named first in front of Aquila means that she was actually uh, more of the leader in this traveling ministry team with her and her husband, Aquila. And they teach in a synagogue, a Jew named Apollos, and they impart the Holy Spirit into him. They teach him in the synagogue. Uh, they were church planters. They were with Paul. They, they helped Paul in the beginning churches. And so there's obviously a clear precedent of leadership in the Bible with women. So let me just stop here and explain something. When we're looking at a topic like this, we have to look at the holistic understanding and message throughout scripture. Because guess what? Scripture, if we truly believe it's divinely inspired and infallible, like we should believe, then there shouldn't, there's, there are no inconsistencies and contradictions within scripture. Right. It, it, so context matters to what we are talking about. So if we read something and then we read later on in, in the Bible, something that seems completely different, we have to ask our questions. Okay. We have to ask ourselves the questions. Okay. Why does it say this? Because this doesn't make sense. So we have to understand everything holistically. And that's the danger that some people get in when they're reading the Bible is like they'll read one verse and they'll be like, oh my gosh, God wants me to be a millionaire. When it's like, no, that's not really the message of the Bible because we, we, we have to cross-reference it. And cross-referencing is incredibly important. But we have to look at the precedents that's set. And obviously in scripture, there are women that are preaching. Okay, there are women that are prophesying. And by the way, prophesying in the New Testament means preaching. Preaching means prophesying. The church back then isn't what it looks like today. We didn't roll in and grab our vanilla latte at the cafe and go in and worship and hear them. No, it was in houses. It was the beginning in the synagogues. It was messy. People were trying to figure out what to do. And so there was just times, I mean, really a church setting might've been, you come in and everybody's talking and everybody's prophesying, everybody's teaching. And, and this is very, you know, it's, it's crazy and it's chaotic. And that was a lot of the, the, um, 
the church environment. And that's why we see in first Timothy and first Corinthians, a lot of what Paul's talking to is, Hey, we got to create some order because nothing makes sense. We got to create order in the church for it to be successful. So anyways, all that to say, we have to look at all of scripture, which is what we'll do. So let's go into some verses here with the clear precedent that God gives women roles of prophesying. So we have first um, <clears throat> Corinthians 14, 33 through 34. So this is what people will say. No, see, this is women can't preach in church. It says first Corinthians 14, 33 34. As in all the churches and the saints, the women should be kept silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission. As the law also says, if there is anything they desire to learn from, let them ask their husbands at home for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. And people will say, ha, see, women can't talk in church. They can't preach in church. Okay. Now let's go back. Now understand, right? Even though the books of the Bible are separated into chapters, like Acts 1 and 2 isn't separated. 1 Corinthians 14 at the beginning isn't separated for the end, right? It's like one letter that's being written. We just broke it up so we can understand it better. So again, context matters. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Okay, we're going back 26 verses, 27, 28 verses. Math is hard. Going back 28 verses in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, Paul says, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Paul says, hey guys, I want you all to be doing this. I want you all to be prophesying in church. I want you all to be speaking in tongues. So imagine, like, let's just think about this. Imagine you're having a conversation with Paul and you're like, all right, Paul, so what do you want me to do in church? Like, what, 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 what does church look like for you? And Paul says, okay, everybody, I want everybody to be prophesying I want you all to be speaking in tongues. It'll be incredible. And you're like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. What else? And he goes, uh, yeah, what I just said, disregard it. I actually want all women to be silent in church. They're, they can't speak. What? What, is that? what does that mean? That doesn't make any sense, Paul. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So we have to look at what is what are they talking about? Okay, here's what they're talking about. In 1 Corinthians 14... He's, this is church in Corinth. Like I said, the church in Corinth was chaotic and in uh, traditional Jewish synagogues, which leaked over into the beginning church because everybody's getting converted from Judaism to Christianity and everything's getting converted, right? So in the beginning, men and women sat differently in, in the church. Women sat with women and men sat with men. So that's an important distinction. Then also women, for the most part, were uneducated. They weren't as educated as the men. They didn't get the educations because they had more of the traditionalist view. So this is a scripture talking about the order of church because what was happening in Corinth is you had somebody that was teaching on stage and you had a woman, woman that was sitting separate from her husband across the room and she was like, hey, Dale, what's this guy talking about? Hey, hey. I don't get it. I don't understand. And you had people yelling at each other across from church. So Paul is not saying holistically, hey, women can't talk in church. He's saying, hey, for the church of Corinth, um, I understand that there may be some questions with women because you guys are now learning. And now that there's this gospel that's totally redemptive and, and allowing you guys this. Um, you, but as save your questions for when you get home. Just ask, her, ask your husband when you get home because you can't keep shouting. You can't be a church heckler. That's what this verse is saying. 
It's not saying um, holistically women, oh, you can't talk. No, no, no. It's saying, hey, guys, just save your questions for a home. It was a, it was a question of order, okay? So um, then what we're going to do is we're, we're going to get into uh, another idea here in Ephesians uh, 5. Actually, let's go to this. First time, this is another um, argument. First Timothy 2.11. Right. So first Timothy two eleven, Paul says a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet for Adam was formed first, then Eve and Adam was not the one deceived. It was a woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, holiness, love, prosperity or pro- propriety, not prosperity. Um, okay. So a couple of things to know in this scripture. Number one, Timothy is the pastor in Ephesus. Ephesus right now, as it stands, is uh, big into cult worship with a uh, goddess named Diana. And and then a lot of people worship Diana. And Diana taught that women were created first in female-dominated society. And there was a huge pendulum swing. So Paul is trying to swing that pendulum back. And this is a pastoral epistle, a letter specifically for Timothy, specifically for Ephesus. So Paul is telling Timothy, hey, in your context of church, women should learn. They shouldn't be preaching or teaching on a stage because there has been this integration of this uh, um, heretical uh, theology, heretical idea of Diana worship, and we have to course correct here. So for the time being, women should not be preaching here because it reinforces that. All right. So two specific situations because of specific circumstances. And we have to always ask the question, who is writing the scriptures and who are they writing to in order to get a proper translation? Okay, so now that we've kind of looked at those two main, because those are the two main arguments, all right, and we we have to look at the idea of now women prophesying and preaching in church. Now, because I'm complementarian, a soft complementarian, I believe that women can totally have leadership and preach in a church, but I also believe that Scripture we see in scripture that that it should be that every church and every female has male headship. Okay? So what does that mean? It means uh in Ephesians 5:21, okay? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body, a lot of head, right? Head, 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 head. The husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church and his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish by holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. So in this context, we see a lot of, you know, is uh, God is the head, husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. So the word head um, in, in Greek means is, is actually the word katholo. And it's said many times, several, several, several times throughout the New Testament. And every single time, this word from the Greek means authority. It means authority. 
Okay, so there is obviously an authoritative structure to the way that God created men and women. Now, is that saying that men are better than women? No. Is Jesus better than God? No. But did Jesus submit to God? Yes. Are women and men equal in value? Yes. But does that still mean that women can have a submissive idea in relationship to men? Yes. Women are to submit to men. Hus not all women are su to submit to all men, by the way. <laughs> it's not like some random dude on the street. You have to sit. No, it's husbands and wives. And um, what Paul teaches in the New Testament is the family unit is pretty much the church unit. The family dynamics and organizational structure is the church. So that's why I believe women can preach and they can teach, but it also requires them to have male headship. It requires them to have, uh, uh, whether that be a senior pastor that is a male. So for instance, you know, it's like, okay, my church, Roger Archer is the senior pastor of the church, right? And there's females that exercise preaching on stage and, they t and teaching on stage and um, they are under the covering of Roger Archer. Now it gets a little more dicey when we're talking about female senior pastors because that's even more of a divisive topic because people think that there can be male headship beyond a, he a senior pastor. Um, and I, I kind of ascribe to that, uh, although I still you know, want to read more into it. But um, there is an order between men and women. Now, when we talk about submission, okay, this is, this is obvious. Women should be submitting to men, but men should be at living their lives that is worthy of submission, right? And submission doesn't mean like you're afraid, right? It doesn't mean like, okay, hey, um, you know, Adrian doesn't come to me and say like, hey, Spencer, uh, so on Saturday we have a free day and I, I was wondering if we could maybe possibly if you have any time in your schedule like if you're not busy if we could go to a coffee shop you know and i'm like how dare you suggest that women no we're not gonna go to a coffee shop we're gonna go to a movie you idiot right it's like no that's not what submission is submission is just understanding the order that god made us and god made men and women differently and god made men to be the head of family units and to be the head of churches. Okay. And that's my, I'm sorry if you get offended by that statement. That's just my personal belief. And I think that it's time and time again, it's taught within the holistic uh, Bible. It's taught in, in the old Testament and the new Testament that there are certain reasons, whoever knows why, why, did, why did God make it that way? I don't know. Maybe ask him when you get to heaven, why did God make a lot of things the way that they did? Why did God make, um, raccoons the way, like think about a raccoon. Why does he look like a burglar and he has hands like a human? That doesn't make any sense. I'm just saying, all right, we're getting off topic here, but I'm just saying you could go down that rabbit trail of asking God why he made everything that he made the way that he did, because there's an order and it works the best. I think that's, I think that's my answer. Why did God make it that way? Cause that's the way he made it and it works the best. So we should listen to it. Um, so like I said, this is, was a little bit, um, longer of a podcast than normal, but, uh, that, that's just my view of women in ministry. I think women can be in ministry. I think they're empowered to do everything that God has called them to do everything that, that men do to be frank, all, but they do require male headship. They do require that covering because that's how God intended it 
to be. So I hope you learned a lot from the podcast. I hope you learned something new. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to me on Instagram at Spencer Knock, and I'd love to talk to you. Make sure you guys are subscribing to Theos U. I'm linking that in the show notes in the description. So click that link, check it out, and use Future10 for 10% off. And I'll see you guys next time on The Future Is Now. Thank you.